Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of All About Sports, the podcast. Uh, do check out our episode last week where we talked to Zohar Khan, who is a footballer in India. He has a lot of experience playing in a few teams across um, across India. Really enlightening conversation of the state in Indian football and you know where we can move forward. Um, this week, we're kind of continuing in our Premier League deep dives of the, uh, I guess, historical top four, the traditional top four, so to speak. And this week, we... Uh, we are going to dig into Chelsea. You have your usual hosts, um, Aniket, Shubham and myself, Rishabh. Uh, but we're also joined by another special guest this week, uh, Rehan Dada Chanji, uh, aka Dada. Um, he's a huge Chelsea fan. Uh, you know from our, uh, from our episode with, um, where we deep dive into Liverpool, if you did listen, we, we had one of the co-founders of Starter Labs. So Dada is actually the other co-founder of Starter Labs. Um, so we 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 trying to be innovative on this podcast as much as we can be. Uh, he's also the captain. He was also the captain of the Bombay Gym football team and has represented them in the uh, Singa Cup in Singapore. Uh, Dada, thank you so much for joining. Right off the bat, um, how are you doing and how are you feeling about the state of Chelsea Football Club and the recent uh, hiring of Thomas Tuchel and I guess firing of uh, Frank Lampard? All good. Firstly, thank you guys. I really. Uh... And have enjoyed your podcasts in the past, so I'm glad to be a part of this one. And thanks for that nice, big, deep intro. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and getting right into Chelsea, it's a, it's an interesting time for the club. Um, initial reactions of uh, Lampard getting sacked actually wasn't too much of a shock because there had been rumours coming going around for a week or so before that. If it happened one week before, I suppose a lot of the fan base would have been a bit surprised. But because of those rumours coming in, backed by, of course, every Chelsea fan, knows the history of Abramovich and of the club. Um, and then the second part of, I'm sure we'll discuss Lampard also in a little bit of detail, but initial thoughts on Tuchel, it seems like a good fit. It seems like the right appointment. If you look at the other managers out there, I can't think of too many who would have been a better fit for Chelsea. And he has a history of uh, fighting with the boards, which might, uh, might not work well because I don't think Abramovich is an easy person to work with. With that being said, from what they're saying, it seems like an 18-month contract within a potential one-year add-on post that. So, hopefully, that's enough time. When you come to Chelsea, you know you're not there for five years and ten years. You're there for a short term. You've got to be successful in that short term. Otherwise, you're out. Even if you're successful, you're probably out anyway. So, it has to be a short spin. Definitely. I definitely don't recommend any Chelsea manager buying a house. Definitely rent. <laughs> Never, ever buy. So, Dada, Dada, what I want to know is, uh, obviously, you guys got Lampard in, and yeah. Lampard became Chelsea manager after like what, just 57 games in charge with Derby, and with Derby he had I think um, uh, in the in the league he finished sixth in the league, but he went on to the playoff finals. So okay, fair enough, decent uh, experience for him. But after just 57 games, he comes on as Chelsea manager, and in the second yeah. season he gets 200 million to spend. Um, so, two questions. First, do you think he should have been appointed as Chelsea manager in the first place or he should have probably uh, uh, gotten some more experience? And secondly, what do you think has been um, Lampard's performance like, specifically this season? Only this season, like, what do you, where yeah. do you think he's and how has it been for him? Yeah, fair enough. So should he have been appointed? I think at that time, the answer was yes, with the assumption that Sari was going out. Because I don't think too many managers wanted to touch Chelsea at that point. They had the transfer ban, everyone knew Eden Hazard was out by then. And I think it would have been ideal if Sarri had continued because, I mean, he did alright, came third, won the Europa League, 
And he did okay. He just lost in the League Cup final to Man City. Not not the worst season. It was a decent season. Uh, so there weren't too many managers out there. Lampard seemed to have been a good fit. And you have to say, on the basis of his first season, he did a good job, right? So he worked for that first season. Uh, and I think if you break up Lampard's managerial career within Chelsea into two seasons, it was two completely different projects that he had. So the first season, the project that he effectively had was make sure that the club doesn't crumble or the football side of the club doesn't crumble. Make sure we do okay. Make sure that whatever we have in the squad performs. I don't even think it was imperative that he got to the top four. You know, maybe if he finished fifth or sixth to Chelsea, fans would have still said, yeah, he's done all right. He's not done, uh, he's not done too bad. Uh, that the, the one thing that he missed was that final against Arsenal, where Arsenal beat uh, Chelsea in the FA Cup. FA Cup I think yeah. if he won that, that uh, I don't know, maybe that would have given him a few more weeks at the job. It would have given him a little bit because you know maybe the management would say that listen, this guy has a history of not a history of winning trophies, but he has won a trophy with us, so maybe he can do that in the future. But just judging by the results of this season, Shubham, as you asked, definitely not good enough. Something too far from where Chelsea should have been. Uh, at one point, Chelsea were, I think, amongst the top two, three clubs for quite a, quite some time. At the start of December, Chelsea were top of the table, if I'm not mistaken. And right now, Chelsea are eighth, and there are teams on ninth, tenth, eleventh who have games on them. So Chelsea could actually be tenth by the, you know, in the next week or so. Mm. So that being said, I think Lampard this season hasn't uh, hasn't done a great job. No, you, you make a great point and I think it has been a very, very topsy-turvy season. Um, and I, I wanted to ask you, you know, I think Frank Lampard is one of the few managers who had kind of a project that involved a good amount of youth development. We haven't historically seen yeah. too much of that and we've, we've got some nice pieces now in, you know, Mason Mount, um, Gilmore, if he ends up, you know, coming up to, to becoming... Yeah, Reese James. Reese James as well. So, what do you think is the current state of the Chelsea squad? How do you think the squad itself is? How do you think it's developed under Frank Lampard and for, for Tuchel to take over? Yeah, I think the squad's actually an incredible squad. If you look at uh, Chelsea and bench them against maybe barring a Man City or perhaps a Liverpool, I don't see too many squads in the Premier League or probably in world football that are you know, as exciting at least as Chelsea's. Uh, and the good thing is, uh, Chelsea finished fourth and had a decent season without this 200 million, without your, you know, Mendes and Thiago Silvas. And what the beautiful thing is, uh, so if you look back to when Liverpool signed uh, Van Dijk in one window, then they signed Alisson, Chelsea theoretically fixed all their problems in this window. They had Kepa underperforming, okay, you signed Mendy, you needed a centre-back, you get Thiago Silva. You need an attack, you get four attackers. You get a striker, you get a couple of wingers, you get an attacking mid. So pretty much everything that a manager could ask for. Now, Maybe Lampard didn't ask for that. Maybe this was too much for Lampard. If Lampard got no money to spend and then Chelsea were in 8th position, maybe he'd still be in the job. But the fact of the matter is whether it was his decision or not, Chelsea spent that money. Chelsea spent 200 million. They didn't spend 200 million to be sitting 8th in the table. So, there was every possibility that Lampard was going to go. One thing, one thing which I just like to highlight is forget, forget getting two hundred million to spend. There's barring barring Pep Guardiola, there's not another manager in the league who has a transfer window go as per his liking, right? And that's yeah. one excuse which I think is is 
is more of a fan excuse that you know he didn't have his uh, players so to speak and uh, i'll be honest i've made that i've given that excuse a few times uh, mm-hmm. but uh, 200 million is is an absurd amount to spend uh, whether you spend it on one guy two guys three doesn't really matter uh, and you you kind of pick two of the biggest talents of the bundesliga like dada already mentioned right you kind of find find the fix for every problem you're facing and to still not go uh, your way like, i mean what five out of no yeah five games out of the last eight were a loss for chelsea yeah. before lampard got the boot and uh, i i'm for, <laughs> i'm very sure if there were fans in the stadium uh, sacked in the morning would have been absolutely ringing <laughs> because and yeah. uh, we're talking about a chelsea manager right any yeah. other club you you probably expect more patience at chelsea i don't think so and uh, yeah. it's the it's kind of the cards you get dealt when you <laughs> decide to manage a club like chelsea you know yeah. we do no, that's true yeah and 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 just like further to your point you know a lot of chelsea fans said oh a shocked lampard's out of the club and it's a typical syndrome like how arteta and ole at the clubs at their clubs also because you know at, to some extent they were uh, players of the club and fan favorites so of chelsea fans are saying shocked how could he get sacked he was such a great and i don't think it's surprising that he got sacked you know maybe it could be sad and fair enough you know he's a seems like he really loves the club etc but it's like it's like for you guys as arsenal fans you're surprised that jaka goes and get a gets a red card you know it's going to happen you know which <laughs> This is what he does. He gets managers out who don't perform. It shouldn't be so much of a shock. That's right. you know a, a thing for all our viewers and listeners in terms of um, the sort of backing that Lampard got since Ibrahimovic has taken over Chelsea. I think this was the 2020 window was perhaps the most expensive window for them when they spent 200 odd million. Uh, before that, there was Zanetti in 2003 when they spent 111 million pounds. Conte 2016, 118 million pounds. Sari 2018, 118 million pounds again. and lampard was back to 200 million pounds so definitely i would say the board backed him uh yeah. but what i feel is like a, a manager who doesn't have that much experience to give him the burden of 200 million uh i i think that was one of the reason for his downfall because like like dada mentioned you know you don't spend 200 million to be eighth in the team or eighth in the league you you spend that sort of money because you want to compete for the title uh but another thing dada in our on our instagram we ran a poll after lampard got sacked that uh, was it the correct decision or should he have been given more time along those lines and a lot of chelsea fans said that yes he should have been given more time um now we all know how it is under ibrahimovic he he if if, if you're not getting the results he he gets you out of the club and another thing what i'd like to say is i think ibrahimovic based on his standards gave lampard a lot of time because some other managers like for example avb he was sacked after just 27 games and his points per game was 1.70 Scolari was sacked after 25 games. Uh, points per game was 1.96. Lampard was sacked after 57 games, so he was given those 50 additional games, and his points per game was 1.67, which is the lowest since Ibrahimovic has taken over the club. So what I want to know from you, Dada, is if you keep the emotional aspect aside, that Lampard is our legend, he's a great and stuff like that. Do you think yeah. he deserves to be sacked? Yeah, I I would think so. I mean, he got a lot of games, so that's because Chelsea performed very well in his first season. It's not like he'd been. You know, Chelsea had been so bad under Lampard throughout. The conversation about Chelsea being bad under Frank Lampard is what two months old. So from that perspective, maybe, and you know, people look at the league and say, like, what's happening with Man United? From nowhere, they've suddenly come top of the league. Arsenal, from you know, relegation now, people are talking about them as top four contenders. 
So that's the only argument that I feel is perhaps relevant to saying that, okay, maybe he should have been given another five games, seven games, ten games. But what I would also say is, you know, barring a handful of games this season, Chelsea has never looked like a team that, you know, you'd be scared to play against. That, you know, Chelsea would go and take the game to a Liverpool or Man City or a United or anybody for that matter. You know, their losses against uh, against most of the top ten teams or at least not victories in, the, uh, in those games. And even if you looked at the start of the season, the few matches which Chelsea won, scraped through, there have been a couple of three-all draws against uh, teams who are pretty much in the relegation zone now. It's not like they had a spectacular season. So judging by just this season, I don't think Abramovich was generous with him. But that being said, I, I don't think it should come as a huge shock to us that he got Lampard out when Chelsea are in this position. And I, I, I want to jump in in defense of Roman uh, Abramovich, which is a sentence I never thought I would ever say in my life. But <laughs> the fact of the matter is, Chelsea operate on a different model than maybe a lot of the Premier League top sides. Youth development and, and building a team over a five-year horizon is not really their structure. It's more like a Real Madrid structure of bringing the best players right now and compete for a title pretty much every season because he has the financial ability um, to do that. And let's face it, from the time he's taken over in 2003, I would argue Chelsea has been the most consistently good team in, in the Premier League. I, if you ask me this question in 2014, the answer would definitely be United. If you ask me it today, it has to be Chelsea. Because they have really gone, at most, they go four seasons without winning a title from 2003. And unlike Liverpool, for sure Arsenal, for sure United, there hasn't been this sudden lull where they have to grow back from nothing. And I want to kind of also make the point that I think points per game is kind of a deceptive stat in the modern Premier League because barring the teams at the top, say, the, like, you know, the last few seasons, Liverpool and Manchester City, the three and four aren't really accruing the high points that they were in, like, the, from 2010 or even 2005 to maybe 2013. Because from one and two onwards, the drop-off is really high in points per game because teams are just not performing. Even this year is, is such a topsy-turvy season where the reason why Chelsea's gone from second to, you know, where they are now is teams are just, the number one, this season even one, two, three, four, aren't getting as many points as they, as they historically have been getting. Um, so I think, I think a lot of Vibramovic's uh, conditions for, for keeping them on is literally position. It has to be position in the league, has to be high, and there has to be a trajectory within your first two seasons, I think, to win. Um, or else it's, it's, it doesn't make sense because at the end of the day, he's getting experienced players. He's not, this is the first time we have like a Reese James and a Mason Mount, but other than that, he's bringing in like super experienced players whose timeline is win now. Yeah, and Reese James and Mason Mount broke into the England squad. So let's be honest, they as much as you call them like youth players and academy graduates, they're really good. They are they are probably one of the best players to come out of the Chelsea Academy, even though historically Chelsea's Academy has produced a lot of talents who go on who go on to play a lot of football in England. Uh, maybe not with Chelsea specifically, but not okay, they do not play with Chelsea, most of them. <laughs> but yeah, these you've got to understand if these two broke into the squad and have remained there in this season, they, they're really good, right? And uh, Krishnan said it, uh, Roman operates on a different level. So, one more thing I'd like to ask uh, Dada about is, are you fond of this guy? Because there are, there's news of, you know, 
discussions with other managers while Lampard is still at the club. There's, you know, you hear these kind of things. Kind, it um, reduces, uh, you know, a fan's attachment towards the club. Like, is this how you want the club you support to be? I get that you nobody is supporting uh, a club because you know what, uh, what terms the owner operates on, but. Um, yeah, there's kind kind of a lot of sad news around the Lampard sacking, in in terms not just Roman, right? I I I did start this point on Roman, but Lampard not talking to his players, right? There are fringe players who have not been spoken to by. Okay, I I get it. It's not his job, you know. Uh, hi son, I hope you're okay. <laughs> you know, I'm not gonna play you ever, but excuse me for that. But he's a player who's. Uh, Operated at the highest level, multiple Premier League, uh, Champions League. He is someone who had a nothing career at West Ham. One good season, goes to Chelsea, makes makes it into what our Premier League top ten. <laughs> okay, fine. I I put that as a place of high honor. But <laughs> you you need to understand that. Uh, <laughs> for us, yes. But uh, that's one question I'd like to. You know, throw it to you. Do you feel some form of disconnect in the way he's operating, at least in this case? And what are your thoughts on someone of Lampard's caliber who's been in the same position as most of his players, treating yeah. them the way he has, if that is the case? Yeah, uh, I was just going to say, if that is the case, well, again, it's perhaps a different, it's a management style. You know, if, for example, if you hear something like that from, uh, Let's say a Jurgen Klopp or a Pep Guardiola, you might be a little surprised. But a Jose Mourinho, for example, would be probably the best manager for Chelsea historically. Would that surprise you? Probably not. So I, I don't know if that's a thing where Lampard. I'm sure Lampard didn't actively say, you know, I hate these guys. I'm never going to speak to them. He probably just didn't feel it was important, or he wasn't able to do it. Maybe he was not experienced enough to do it. So I, I don't want to speculate too much on that. What you said earlier was interesting in the sense that. Uh, as a Chelsea fan, how does it affect you the way Abramovich sort of runs the club and deals with managers? Um, and it didn't actually strike me because we're probably numb to it now because it's been happening for 15 years. You know, I, I remember I was very surprised the first time that Mourinho got sacked, you know, because this is Jose Mourinho we're talking about. He was the only guy to rival Ferguson and Wenger for, you know, God knows how long. We'd never seen it in our lifetime, anyone challenging these two. Um, so that came as a shock. Then slowly, slowly you see that, okay, Ancelotti's got sacked a few months after winning the league. Then Di Matteo wins the Champions League in May. He doesn't see, till Christmas, doesn't see the club at Christmas. He's out by then. So, it's not too surprising. What I would say is that most Chelsea fans, I, I wouldn't say love the model, but would agree with this model because of the success. You know, when you see that, you don't go more than two years without winning a trophy and without, as Christian said earlier, four years without winning a Premier League or a Champions League, like an actual notable trophy, then it's fine. You know that okay, the club. And at the end of the day, Abramovich loves Chelsea. He's not some businessman who just sits and doesn't look at it. You see him at games. You see that he cares about the club. And if this is how he has to run it for the club to stay successful, then fair enough. I think that's something that every Chelsea fan has to make peace with. And so, Dada, what I'd like to ask you now is that Lampard yeah. is sacked and new managers come and you'll have played one game under him, which is a draw. Uh, yeah. Now, a lot of people are saying with his uh, German background and some of the biggest players being Germans, he should probably get the best out of them. Uh, but also, like you mentioned very initially uh, in the podcast, that he has had conflicts with the board previously and Chelsea as a club, um, getting into a conflict with the board is, is not the best idea. 
Yeah. Uh, so what I would like to ask you is, what do you think of this guy as a new manager? Uh, do you think yeah. it's the right decision? And obviously, there weren't too many options, but do you think he's the right decision? Uh, take a step forward, and where do you see your season go? Uh, from yeah. now on. Yeah, I, I definitely think he was a good appointment. Of course, time will tell if if he actually is and what he does with Kai Havertz and Timo Werner, for example. But that being said, I, I do the moment you said it, I remember that uh, Rafa Benitez was brought into Chelsea and everything. Oh, Fernando Torres is going to be incredible now. That didn't happen. So I, I don't know if it's as simplistic to say because he's German and knows these guys. These guys will perform well. You know, hopefully they do. Uh, the fact of the matter is that they're good players, so you know they they should do fine. Timo Werner has actually not been a flop throughout. He's been he was quite good at the start. Then he had a real dip. Guy Havertz definitely needs to get into the uh, you know the pace of the Premier League a little bit. Overall, I think it's a good appointment. He seems like uh, he, he's a good manager. I won't say he's a great manager, even though his CV will say he has whatever, 10, 12 trophies. You know, you win, you signed for PSG, you won four trophies by the end of the year. Exactly. exactly. <laughs> Dude, Pochettino so, signed for PSG in two days, he won a trophy. Man. Yeah, there you go. So, <laughs> so, so, I don't see that as impressive. You know, people are say, comparing him to Jurgen Klopp uh, because of the, you know, the Dortmund history. Dortmund, but correct. Jurgen Klopp actually won the league at Dortmund. Yeah. You know, Tuchel won, he the, won the league. Twice, like back to back. Yeah, to Dortmund, Klopp won the league twice. This guy Tuchel hasn't won it with Dortmund. He won one of the that uh, Pokal Cup or whatever it's called, which uh, fair enough. You beat Bayern and that you you know you deserve that. But it's not like he's coming with some uh, huge massive pedigree where you know he's going to hit the ground running. You have to do well at PSG. You know, doing well at PSG doesn't mean you're a good manager. If you don't do well, you're a bad manager. So. Uh, but that being said, he seems to he, he seems to be a good thinker of the game. Whoever talks about him, who has played under him, speaks very well of him. So obviously there is something there. Uh, you saw in the Wolves game, of course, too early to really tell. But you can see that he's changing the style. He's he's not going to say, okay, let's try what Lampard did for a month and then let me try and figure out what's wrong. He has he has a vision. He has a plan. He knows what he wants to do. Or at least that's what it looks like so far. But yeah, I think for him to be successful, he's going to have to figure out how to get Chelsea to you know, play a little faster in the final third of the field, start creating chances, start finishing chances. Because you you don't win a league by creating one and two chances every game. You need to create a few chances. And what Chelsea have decent strikers, but they don't have an Aguero or a Harry Kane where you create a chance and they'll score. You know, you need to create a couple of chances for them to get a goal or two. In the next few months, where do you see yourself finishing the league that, that would be a successful season? Yeah, I think it would have to be top four. It can't be anything less than that. I think finishing uh, are you still in the, the FA Cup? Yeah, Chelsea is still in the, Chelsea is still yeah. in the Cup. So, a late run in the FA Cup. The Champions League, I think, is a difficult one. You know, if you if they get to the... I would say the quarterfinal is not really a mark of success. It's it's not bad. It's not good. If you get to the semi-final, I'd say that would be really successful because I, I don't think Chelsea have actually gotten to a Champions League semi-final since with Mourinho in 2013-14. So, it's been a long time that Chelsea haven't had a good run in the Champions League. And you don't normally associate that with Chelsea. You think of them as you know, not necessarily contenders to win, but always as going far. But Premier League has to be top four. I don't think anything less than that would be uh, would be a successful season you know it might be an acceptable season because it's not like he did, he started he just has a few months left but it has to be top four no and, and you're right yeah 2013 that's impressive 2013 14 is the semis and then after that it's all been round of 16 or you know playing in the europa league yeah. but uh, 
you know i think chelsea have a similar dilemma to what real madrid have frankly they're just running out of managers like there are only a certain limit of high level managers and if they're not appointed or already appointed you're just running out of names i think a big reason why rafa benitez was appointed was like uh we need a half a season yeah. guy like this guy is a big name let's get him in yeah. and i was assuming tukul only came because heading said no for the rest of the season <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> um so i i want to ask you actually through the years you've seen some awesome iconic managers i want to ask each of you who do you remember as being the most iconic not the most successful the most iconic manager let's take mourinho out of it because the special one is the special one barring that who has been your favorite manager and guy I'll, i'll start with you for this one who's been your favorite yeah. just you put mourinho you keep mourinho you keep mourinho on the list and i'm still going to say di matteo there is no way there is another manager in the chelsea list who tops that guy he he basically threw all his eggs in one basket and say you win this champ win this screw every other competition win this one competition i don't care if ramirez is playing right back center back left center back goalkeeper outside the pitch do what you feel like win this competition win this game and it kind of seemed like he let the players have their own time on the pitch <laughs> just just please win this game i have no instructions for you all right thumbs up go for it win the champions league make the champions league uh, uh, as in like qualify for the champions league next year also and uh, maybe i still have a job that's all he was there for that's a true chelsea fan did he play for chelsea also He yeah, played yeah, Chelsea, he played, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was quite a successful see, player for Chelsea. Correct, correct. So, see, he's he's a true Chelsea lover. He said, just just make it to the Champions League. I don't care about my job. Uh, fine, if if that one final, if they lose that one final, I don't know what happens because that was the first time when Chelsea really had like a big downward dip, right? Uh, yeah. And credits to Mourinho. <laughs> Do say what you want. De Matteo is the one. <laughs> No, no, perfect, perfect. And I, I remember when they sacked AVB, they were three-one down in the first leg against Napoli, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. Napoli, so, yeah. Incredible turnaround. Um, Dada, I'm going to save you for last, so, so you have a little extra time to think about this one. Malu, who do you, who do, you, who would you say is your, uh, is your favorite? So the fact right? that Mourinho is out for me, uh, the one Chelsea manager who I really liked is Ancelotti. I think that guy was fantastic for Chelsea, and I think Ancelotti. Okay. Won the league for Chelsea after United had won the th- uh, league uh, uh, thrice in a row. Nice, yeah. He broke okay. United's dominance and he came in. He won the league. I think he won the league by one point over United. He finished second that season. But I think that guy was brilliant in terms of uh, his tactics, in terms of the way Chelsea played. And um, um, yeah, for me, uh, see, for me, number one is Mourinho. But if if we are keeping him out of the list, then definitely Ancelotti. I think, I, and I and I and I feel it was unfair to get him out after just two seasons. I think he should have been given a full third season. Oh, no, absolutely. Right. He, he's like an offensive genius, like unbelievable. And um, Dada, finally coming to you. Who do you think is the most iconic from your time watching um, of the Chelsea managers? Yeah, I, I would have to agree with, uh, and say it is Di Matteo because you know, he, he he won the Champions League. There's not much. I, I will give a, for all the reasons already mentioned. You know, I will give a shout out to Antonio Conte, and I'll tell you why. Antonio Conte because. Uh, There was a lot of fear within the you know Chelsea fan bases at least that okay Mourinho's come he's gone again Chelsea are tenth there's something fundamentally wrong with this team you know if Mourinho has failed that time by the way Mourinho seemed like he was succeeding everywhere he went right it was before the Uniteds and the Tottenham's so he thought this if this guy can't do it there's something really wrong with the squad but then Conte right. came everything went really badly at the start 
I, I think Arsenal really hammered Chelsea in one of the first few games as well. Where everyone was saying, okay, this guy is definitely the wrong guy for the job. <laughs> but then we totally turned it around, won the league and won the league at a canter. So, uh, notable shout to Conte, but it has to be uh, Di Matteo. Con- Conte yeah. was there for what, one season? No, he was there for two seasons. Two he seasons, finished his second seasons. season. Yeah. Second so season the season won the FA Cup, was, right? Yeah, I, I think he won the FA Cup. Uh, I'm not, I, but I think he won the FA Cup four. against Torino. <laughs> we won the finals as well. And I think. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I remember there was some the Chelsea beat. I don't mean to bring up old wounds. Chelsea beat United four 0 in some game, and he started jumping yeah. and celebrating <laughs> at Stamford Bridge, and Mourinho got really upset about it. <laughs> yeah. No, no. This whole podcast is meant to bring up old wounds. That's the entire... 90% of the point of this is to do that only. Uh, I wanted to quickly give a shout out also to Maurizio Sari because he's the only person I've ever known to eat cigarettes. I don't understand that. I've heard of chewing tobacco. I've never heard a person eat a cigarette while on the sidelines. So, he, I thought, was just an epic manager. Um, but before we head out, I wanted to quiz you all a little bit on Chelsea's history. A little bit about the team. Uh, and some of the people associated with it. So, a quick quiz before uh, we head out uh, for everyone on the call. Uh, the first question is to do with the man we've talked a lot about, Roman Ibrahimovic. So, in the 2020 list of richest Russians based on their net worth, where do you think Roman Ibrahimovic stands in that list? Uh, Dada, I'll go to you. I'll go to you first. Uh, in the top 10 Russians, or Russian just Berlin. richest Russians overall. Where do you think? The richest Russians. Yeah. Probably uh, probably high up. Uh, Say maybe uh, something like five or six. Okay. Let's say five. Fair enough. Fair enough. Gui, what do you think? Uh, I think he just misses the Europa League spot. He'll finish (laughs) (laughs) eight-ish. Malu, what do you think? So, so what we're going, whoever gets the closest answer, that person wins. Closest gets it. Closest gets it. Yeah. I think he should be uh, seventh. Okay, okay. It's actually 10th. I don't know why. I, I thought it was much higher too, which is why I was kind of surprised by it. So, I guess... Gui, it must be all the black money. They didn't pack it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, now, this is a bit of a dig at you. Uh, I'm, I apologize already for this, uh, Dada. Uh, Chelsea had an iconic signing of Fernando Torres for 50 million uh, from Liverpool. How many Premier League goals did he score in his first season? Dada, I'll start with you. His first In his first... Season just in the Premier League. Yes. Yep. I'm gonna go for. I'm gonna go for seven. I don't think you'd have gotten double digits. Probably something like seven. Okay. Fair enough. Malu. I was gonna go for six. Okay. Gui. Three. Right answer three is goals. one. <laughs> what? Great. <laughs> one Premier League goal. In the Premier League, yeah. uh, he signed in Jan. He signed in Jan. Yeah. So that's <laughs> ah, okay. Fair enough. Um, but that's what fair enough, dude. In 19 games, one goal. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do feel bad for him. I really, really, really liked him. But um, yeah, sadly, in a, in a half season, he, he could get one goal. But you're right. The second His second full season, he got six, which is. Uh, oh. uh, so I, I got the second full season correct. Correct, correct, correct. But you don't get anything. So I'm sorry. But wow, but that just shows 18 months, so seven goals. I, I should yeah. have said that it was a half season. That That is completely my fault. Uh, I, okay, I do want to ask. So, in Chelsea's epic journey to winning the Champions League, they also had to get to the group stage first. Can you name one other team that they had in their group stage when they were playing? In the, in the season that they won the Champions League. A team that they played in the group stage? Yes. 
even one of the three other teams. Yes, I, I can tell you, Napoli, Benfica, Barca, and uh, Bayern in the knockouts. Correct. But group stage. Did they have Copenhagen? No, no, not Copenhagen. I'll tell you, I'll give you a hint. There was one German team, one Spanish team, and one. Schalke. Uh, Schalke. Not Schalke, nope. And one uh, Belgian team. Belgian team is Mushkil. I had to look up that they were Belgian, to be honest with you. Belgian team. <laughs> you said Belgian, you said German, and what did you say? And Spanish. One Spanish. Okay, I'm going to Valencia. That was Valencia. They did play Valencia. Maybe Drogba scored from the outer foot. Yep, you're right. So one is Valencia. Yeah, 3-0. Correct. I think 3 in the last game. Perfect, perfect. So Valencia, it was Leverkusen and Genk. I honestly didn't know. Like, I've okay. seen Genk consistently in the Champions League and I've never thought about which where yeah, they're from. I think Chelsea played them last year as well. Or the year before. Yeah, they no, consistently made it. Last year. I said yeah. Copenhagen because I, I feel I've seen a lot of matches with them. Chelsea versus them. I've seen a lot of matches. So I just right. thought maybe they were in the group stages. No, no, that's fair. So, I, I know we shared, we wanted, we, we probably wanted to shit even more on how much Chelsea has spent and we've talked a lot about how much Chelsea has spent. Uh, credit to them, they've also brought in, they've also got in some money for some people. Aiden Hazard is the highest um, transfer signing out of Chelsea. Yeah. Who is the second highest after, after Aiden Hazard? Alvaro Morata. That's a good, that's a good guess. It isn't, but that was a good guess. He's also, he's also Diego, up there. Diego Costa? No, not Very Costa cute. either. Oh, no, interestingly, it's Oscar to Shanghai. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That massive, that massive, massive. I actually miss Oscar. Like, the, his size yeah. and general thinness made me believe that, like, you know, you don't have to have abs to be a, or maybe he had abs. I can't really tell, but he looked very, very skinny on the field. But I do miss him. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, Dada, thank you so much for coming on for this podcast. Uh, great to get a little understanding of you know what's going on with Chelsea. Uh, I'm sure we'll have yeah. this another three weeks once Tuchel is out. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but but, but it comes back. Correct, exactly. <laughs> uh, but but thanks so much, guys. Great to deep dive into another Premier League team. Um, we are on all the main uh, social media platforms. We can also hear us on you know you can hear us on youtube instagram but also on spotify and all the other platforms that stream podcasts um do leave us a like share leave us a comment if you want to see something else from our episodes uh and with that uh, that's all thanks so much thank you thanks brother thank you guys, guys like share subscribe <laughs>